Genesis chapter 6, verses 8 through 22. Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. He walked faithfully with God, and Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof and opening one cubit high all around. Put a door on the side of the ark. Make lower, middle, and upper decks. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens, every creature that has the breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark, you and your sons, and your wife, and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, and of every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. And Noah did everything just as God had commanded him. This is the word of of God for the people of God. Okay, so we've been working on Bible stories, right? And so I did this thing in uh, on Facebook, and I asked different people, "What would you like to? What some of the Bible stories that you'd like to learn about? What would you like to review?" Noah's one of them. So here we go. Today, prepare for rain. In life, we prepare for a lot of things. We prepare for going to work, some of us more reluctantly than others. We prepare meals. We prepare for having a baby. We prepare for family gatherings. We prepare for celebrating anniversaries or birthdays. Guys, that's a little cue for me to kind of help you out there in case you need to... Okay, you're with me? All right, gents, good. We prepare to go out on dates. And you know what? There's sometimes when we get up on Sunday morning and we hope that the preacher has prepared a good sermon, right? We don't want to get up for nothing. But in life, we do. We want to be prepared for everything. We don't like surprises. We don't like to be blindsided. We certainly don't like not knowing what is happening, do we? Do we? I'm not the only one. I don't like to be blindsided. I like to know what's happening. I like to know not only what's happening, but what's the plan going through it, right? Right. So, we need to be prepared in life. 
We're preparing for what? What's the title of the sermon? We're preparing for rain. This is my favorite part. You're going to love this. We prepare, right? We're preparing for rain. And that's what we do. When we see things coming, we think that we need to get ready. And we do. And oftentimes, we're, the more we go through situations, the better we can get prepared for them, right? Right? At least we hope so. If not, you're just like, you know, that's on you. <laughs> but we, de- we need to be prepared. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about Noah. Genesis chapter 6 through 9. Okay? Genesis chapter 6 through 9. Now I'm going to take those three chapters and I'm going to put them into four words. You ready? What's today? Prepare. They all start with P's, by the way. Prepare. Okay? The second, protect. The third, patience. And the fourth, promise. So Genesis chapter 6 through 9. Four words. Prepare. Protect. What's the third one? Patience. Yeah, see, none of us want to even say that word. Patience. And the fourth is promise. And that promise is what covers everything. It brings it all together is, is the promise. Which is... Did everybody get that? Whoop! There we go. But today we're going to talk about preparing. Preparing to make ready beforehand. Right? We've got to make ready beforehand. That's not the entire definition of prepare. To make ready beforehand for a purpose. There's a reason. You get ready for work. There's a reason. You prepare a meal. There's a reason. You get ready to take your loved one out on a date. There's a reason. You prepare for a reason. Here's our sermon in a sentence. This is going to spill a little bit over into next week, okay? But here's your sermon in a sentence. What God gives you to do, He will protect you through. What God gives you to do, He will protect you through. So here we have Noah. Looked at by God as a righteous man. Right? Now, years ago, when I read things like this, when Noah was a righteous man and this is what God did with him, I would always go, you know, I would love to be used by God to do something magnificent. Now, wouldn't that be great? But I am not a righteous man. So that discounted me. Guess what? It's not true. That's not true. We read about this, and even in the Hebrew language, when it talks about righteous, it's not saying that Noah was perfect. Okay, well good, because I fit in that category. That's not what it's talking about. It's that Noah did what God wanted him to do. He made himself available to the Lord that God could count on him. Now there was things of sacrifice and those type of things that took place in the Old Testament. Noah was one found to follow after the Lord. Perfect? No. Follow after God? Yes. 
that kind of opens up the spectrum of who would be considered righteous, correct? Now us, in the New Testament, after Christ's death on the cross, you accept Christ into your life, then there is a veil of pure blood that covers you, that God sees you through. And if He sees you through that blood, then you are righteous. Perfect? No. Righteous? Yes. Yes. That means you can be, what? Used by God. Fantastic. I'm in. That's what I want to do. I want to be used by Him. So God calls on Noah. And He describes to Noah what Noah sees around him every day. The earth is in a rough shape, man. The earth is not in a good place. So I'm going to call upon you. And I want you to do something for me. So he starts to share with him what it is that he wants him to do. I want you to build an ark. A what? An ark. Now I... I end up seeing these conversations in my mind. Okay? So God tells Noah to build an ark, and He gives him the exact dimensions on what to do. I can see Noah. Hold on a minute. I'm with you. I love you. I obey you. I'll do what it is that you ask me to do. Do you have any idea how long this is going to take? Well, as a matter of fact, Noah, I do. Do you know how many trees I'm going to have to cut down? Yes. This is going to take years. Yes, it is. I have one last question, Noah says. What's rain anyway? What are floodwaters coming up on the earth? I don't get it. Here's the truth. God's vision of what you can handle is much greater than what you think you can handle. Do you hear me? God's vision of what you can handle is much greater than what you think you can handle. You see, this isn't about what we think. It's about hearing God's call upon our life and stepping into it doesn't matter if you understand it, even if you don't know what rain is. And what is an ark? And how am I going to get all these animals in the ark? And what do they eat? Noah had years to ask all these questions, did he not? It's estimated it took him about 60 to 70 years to build it. Are you willing to put that amount of time into what God's called you to do. See, this is why our third word, patience, is so important. Okay? Yeah, I'm setting you all up for the, that week. But it is. It's about that. It's understanding that, that the one you serve and the one that you say that you've given your life to and the one that you trust, trusts you more than you trust you. It's true. And that's why these ideas, these thoughts that come across our minds that seem so crazy, whether it's writing a book, writing a song, 
doing whatever, building this, doing that, and you're like, that's a neat idea. I might do that someday, ever, maybe never, probably. And the whole time God's going, that is a gift that I have given you to do so that people will see me. It doesn't matter how long it takes. It doesn't matter because he is the one that holds the time. The one who was, is, and is to come. The one who is today and is already in our tomorrow. That's him. It took Noah believing what he heard from the Lord to step into doing what he was told to do. But it also took dedication, and it took discipline, and it took faithfulness, and it took courage, and it took trust. It took righteousness of him being right with the Lord, not perfect, right, to fulfill what God had called him to do. Genesis 6.22, Noah did everything just as God had commanded him. Noah did everything just as God had commanded him. Prepare for rain. As farmers, we work diligently to make sure that our fields are ready. Right, Doug? Make sure that your fields are ready for rain when it's coming. Because you know what? There's crops to be planted. The spring rains are coming. Oftentimes in this story, we look at rain as something that is destructive. And true enough, it was. Has anybody ever sat on their porch listening to the rain and think, man, this rain is so cleansing? Right? Cleansing. Even when we deal with something, whether it's a tragedy or, or sorrow in our life, one of the best things that you can do is cry. Tears are cleansing. Water is cleansing. I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Through our country and throughout our country over the years, we have been through many revivals. The Great Awakenings are some of the most talked about. The first and second great awakening. And there was a shift that happened spiritually in the heart of man to turn from what they were about the world to who they should be about, the one who made them, their creator. We are being positioned for the exact same thing. There's another great awakening coming. And it's not the third great awakening. I believe it's the greatest awakening. So when I'm talking today about preparing for rain, what I'm talking about is to be prepared. To be prepared for what God is bringing. Will it all be glorious? No, it won't. Will there be tough times? Yes, there will. Will we all deal with it? Yes. 
The rain falls on the, Matthew 5, 45, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. It does. But we are to be prepared. 2 Timothy 4. Preach the word in season and out of season, whether you're ready or not. Be ready. You never know when something is going to happen to where you are the one chosen. Uh Uh-oh. No, not me. So we're in McDonald's yesterday. Believe it or not, we had to spread out over a few tables. It's kind of the way it works. So I'm sitting at one table with John. John and I are having a great lunch, great time. Julie's sitting at another table with Anna and Emma. Gracie wasn't with us, so the four others are sitting at another table. Olivia has a hat on. Last year, she went to a, a Torin Wells concert. Torin Wells is a Christian artist. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. but So they went to, went to a concert, and Olivia got a hat, has his logo on it. So they're sitting there, and they're eating, and this gentleman walks past her table and said, looks at Olivia and says, man, I like your hat. She's like, oh, okay. Well, it's Torin Wells. And he goes, well, who's that? So she begins this whole explanation about who Torin Wells is. And he goes... So he's a Christian artist, and she says, oh, yeah, 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 we're all, and she (laughs) kind of looks at all the tape, we're all preacher's kids. (laughs) You know, you can't hide, can you, Mary Catherine? It's just like right in there. But we're all preacher's kids. And so, he, you know, the guy's looking around, and I'm (laughs) waving. He's like, oh, okay, okay. I'm like, yeah, he goes, man, I'm a man of faith too. So nice conversation. It ends, we get back to the house. We're talking later on last night. Olivia's just ecstatic. Dad, we watch people come up to you all the time. Out of nowhere, they just show up and they just start talking. But it's never been us. It's never been us. It was us today. I said, yes, and you answered correctly. 2 Timothy 4, chapter 2. Preach the word. Be prepared in and out of season. Correct, rebuke, encourage, the Bible says, with great, here's the word again, patience and careful instruction. That's what the Bible says. Be prepared in and out of season. You don't ever know when God is going to grab someone else's heart, highlight you, and have them come talk to you. Now that could freak most of us out, right? Oh no, not me. I am great at duck and cover. People will find you. And they will find you because of the cleansing rain that's coming. People are going to experience things in their life. Some absolutely wonderful. Some very difficult. But those things that are happening in our lives, what God is allowing the Holy Spirit to pour out upon this world is so that people will seek Him and find Him. The Bible tells us over and over again, seek me and you will find me. Right? Seek me and you will find me. When people need to know something, other than the internet, where do they seek? Other people. Right? Oh, well, you know, I hear you go to church. I got this question. This is this and this and this and this is happening in my life. I really need some direction, some guidance. 
Our job as believers is to be able to share with them and tell them where they need to go, what the answers are. The standard answer should not be, here's my pastor's phone number. I love talking to people, I really do. But for what's coming, not that many. So it's us together, and that's what I've been talking about for a couple years, as far as us as a corporate body, as, as believers outside of these four walls, this is what's coming. And we get to be a mouthpiece of the Almighty for those who need Him. Prepare for rain. So two weeks ago, in the bulletin, I put a list of books in there that God has used in my life to educate, train, teach. It's one of those things to where people can look at me and go, okay, well, you're a pastor, that's your job, you need to, you know, that's your job to study. That's your job to know the Bible. It's our job, because I can tell you this, all of those books and everything that God has done to prepare me to step into this physical position are all books that I have read and studied and learned while I was not a pastor. It was me preparing and being prepared to be used no matter where I was. But as Christians and as believers, that's our job, is to be ready, to be able to speak, to be able to pray for, to be willing to pray for, but to be ready to answer people's hurts and their questions, be able to point them to Christ. Our preparation for the rain that's coming is going to take a little work. Just like everything else we do to prepare for takes a little work. Here's what we need to understand. It's okay. It's okay to work. It's okay to be prepared. It's not okay not to be prepared. People are going to be sent to us. This is what our reign is. It could be a simple conversation that you have in the hallways at work, here at church, walking along in the grocery store. Somebody is going to say something to you and your spirit, your heart is going to go, okay, what do I say? How do I engage that person? And God will give you the words to say. He promises that. I'll give you the words to say. But I want you to be learning. I want you to be reading. Oftentimes we look at the Bible as inspiration for us, right? We, we, we are, are dealing with something difficult. We need to, need to be something to be inspired so that we can <laughs> get out of bed, put one foot on the floor and get to the next day. And we look into the Scriptures. And you know what? The Bible will inspire you. It will encourage you. It will bless you. But the Bible is not only for inspiration. It's for education. Because it's also the guidebook on how we live. And we need to be in it. I can't tell you how many people over the last six weeks have contacted me about something's happening in my life. I have a question. 
And it's spiritual. Something spiritual is happening in my life. I'm being drawn in or I'm dealing with a difficulty and I know God's trying to get my attention. What do I do? Where do I start? Is there a book that you can give me? Yes, there's one I can give you. It's got 66 in it. It's a great deal. But where do I start? Great question. Jar. Something Phil and I talked about often. Jar. John, Acts, Romans. Want to know where to get started? John tells you who Christ is. Who He is. Not just who He is, but who He is for you. Acts, what the church was like. What can be expected of me as a Christian? What is God doing in my life? Romans, man, that's the nuts and bolts of it. That's who we are in Christ and what Christ and God is doing through us into the world that He's given us. Our personal world. But that's where we start. But the Scriptures are inspiration and education and we can't drop that last part off. Because the inspiration has a tendency to be inwardly focused. This is what I need for today. I'm having a difficult time today. I need this. The education part is for those around you, for you and others. Because it's one of the things about life, and, and I, tell, I, I say this to my kids all the time, life ain't about you. I love them, I'll do anything for them. But life is not about them. We've all faced that in the world today, right? There's a lot of people that life's all about them. Makes life living it kind of difficult at points, doesn't it? It does. But we're there for them. It's not just about us, it's about others. And once we take and we can get our vision tuned into how God sees this world and life goes from who we are to who they are and how much He loves them, then our life changes. And our vision changes. That comes through the Scriptures. Preparing for rain... I love this, because in 2 Timothy 4, 2, it says to be prepared in season and out of season. Be prepared in season and out of season. Even that word prepared in the Greek, when Paul was writing that, it is especially used of persons coming upon something suddenly. So, in the action of something happening suddenly, this is about that action happening to you quickly. Okay? Be prepared, because you never know what's going to come upon you quickly. That's what, that's what that word in the Greek means. It goes on in the description of that word to even say, be ready in a time of rain. So what Paul wrote way back when in the Greek, that Greek word goes to be ready for something that would come upon you suddenly as though it would be a rainstorm. That's a pretty detailed word. And all it says in our versions is prepared. There's a whole lot more meaning in all of that. So when you dig deep into those things, it goes to that point of be prepared when something, as if something's coming upon you suddenly. Be prepared for rain. Prepare for it. 
Every one of us in some form or fashion, whether positive or negatively, unfortunately, has run across something that has blindsided us. Right? It's been good, man, fantastic. Or it's been a tragedy. It's been something that, at points, crippled us. Be ready in season and out of season. I think about the teachers because we're entering into the summer and they prepare all year, right? All year, all year. What do you prepare for for the summer? You're out of season. Be prepared all the time. Be prepared. Because God is doing something unique. And I think it's great that we can even talk about that because here in our area and in our region, this territory that God's given us, we are seeing things that are not happening in other places. We're not. We're seeing things that are happening that are uniquely spiritual to what God is doing here. And He's reaching people, and He's touching people, and He's healing people, and He's delivering people. People's snow globes, spiritually speaking, are being shaken. And they don't know what to do. Will you be one of the ones that, you, that they can go to? And the answer is yes. You will be. And it's because God has more confidence in you than you do. God has more confidence in me than I do. But I can trust Him to follow His lead. He's giving us a plan. But God, you know how many trees I'm going to have to cut down? Do you have any idea, Lord, how long it's going to take? Yes, I do. Do you trust me? And so far, what we've seen, the answer has been yes. So church, I want to just share with you today that there is a rain coming. There is a spiritual rain coming. Some of it, depending on the choice of the people, whom the rain falls on, it will be a cleansing rain or it will be a destructive rain. It will. And we will watch it. Choose wisely, church. There are things that God wants to do in us and through us for others so that they might live. It just comes down to that. Next week, we're going to be talking about protection, which after that, you'll be like, praise God, I could use some protection. God's got it for you. And that's part of this whole story is that there's a preparation that we are called to. As believers, as sons and daughters of the Most High, we are called to be prepared. And in that preparation, there is protection. And we'll talk about that next week. Let's pray. Father, Lord God, I thank you so much for this day that you have blessed us with. Beyond what we could, beyond what we deserve. But Father, you have blessed us greatly. Father, I thank you for your love for us. I thank you for your wisdom, your graciousness. Father, I thank you for going ahead of us and sharing that with us. God, I pray that our hearts turn towards you even more so in a, in a love for you, Father, to honor you, 
to be grateful and thankful for who you are in us and through us. Father, may we see your hands of blessings. And Father, may we just be ever so grateful for them. Lord, we worship you and we love you.